step up. For some it's to travel to seek out their dreams. For some it's the culmination of a lifetimes. To others, it might be up in their game to create something they're truly proud of. For us, it's about raising of standards, going beyond that which is on the surface, the outdated tyranny, the mediocre homogeny, week in, week out of contract signings, identikit mountains of terribly aborted angles, and becoming something more than the sum of our parts. In the channel to your left, a man who did that on May the 4th, traveling to Progress Wrestling's super strong style, where he saw a veritude of amazing competition from the world's best. Weighing in at slightly tipsy, he's a black belt at laughing out loud, his beard is Jay. In the channel to your right, a man who does his own introductions, weighing in at double or nothing and hoping it's not over 16 stone, because he's really trying hard on this diet. It's me, it's Bear, this is JFPN, this is the podcast with Beard and Bear, episode one, Super Saiyan style, day one. For those of you hoping to hear another episode of Beard and Bear Power Hour, do not worry, do not fear, we'll be continuing that on this very channel, which is anchor.fm forward slash jfabe where it will be appropriately renamed the beard and bear unhappy hour where you can get all of your usual news and speculation from ourselves concerning wwe's embarrassingly turgid output aew's endless speculation and reality post kayfabe internet wrestling news of course we are available in other places as well anchor apple podcast google podcast spotify breaker overcast pocketcast radio public and stitcher until then this sounds like progress to me and we will be there for every single episode of Super Strong Cell 16 Tournament. We will be coming back with the unhappy hour this weekend. This is JFPN, and we're finally arriving. Hey, Jay, what's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, awesome intro there, there Rich. This is nice to to, you know, he's my guy, obviously. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate you, mate. <laughs> I I, I, I I can't imagine he'd have anything anything bad to say about me. Me and Taz, we go we go way back, further back than anyone could ever imagine. I'm sure he has lots of different thoughts about the things he could possibly do to me while he sits there lonely, 
imagining what could have been. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Super Strong Style 16, day one. All right, then. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so, Jay went to this thing over the um, weekend of May the 4th. Um, and Use my black belt wish- right now. Yeah, yeah. Using your black belt and laughing out loud. Um, Jay... Jay went to this thing and I got a hurried text from him just as it started saying this is the greatest wrestling promotion I have ever seen live and I was skeptical so I decided to go to demandprogress.com download the app um, at Jay's behest and that was on Friday night and the next thing I know it is Monday morning and I have work (laughs) in two hours and I am still watching wrestling from the night before Um, I ended up going into work slightly late that day Um, I hope no one's listening from work Um, but that was actually the reason I was late it wasn't to let people see if they could manage without me (laughs) 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 yeah so first if you've ever used demand pro if you've if you've never used the demand progress app um strongly recommend downloading it's the best five pound 99 i have spent on sorry five pound 99 yeah um and it's, it's just the greatest wrestling you'll you'll actually watch what's about yeah i mean did you did you watch um i mean obviously you watched um hello wembley um that was from october um you watched the whole show i've i've actually watched just the main event which is um which is tyler Bate versus um walter in a what is 41 minutes of absolute wrestling bliss i've watched that three times um because every single person i know who has been around my house who likes wrestling i have had to sit them practically <laughs> and in some cases literally tie them to the bed and say watch this um because yeah it, what a match oh no it that that match was absolutely insane Tyler mm. strength is unreal yeah the Tyler Bates the strength that the, of the, the, the big man with the big rikes and you got a small one coming in, and he's throwing Walter around like a ragdoll. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. He's, he he literally does ragdoll Walter. He does some stuff that I mean, deadlift there's a moment German. where the deadlift German wow. that he does, Brilliant. just absolutely, yeah. The core strength on that guy. Um, did you watch any of the other stuff in the back catalogue that I recommended before we go on to the main event, which was obviously Super Strong Style 16 Day 1? Um, did you watch anything that I recommended um, that I'd kind of spotted? For instance, the final match of Unboxing Live? I haven't had a chance as of yet, but I'm sure well, we'll get I will tell you, them. are you happy if I spoil who is in the main event for you, even though the gimmick of Unboxing Live is that they don't post the actual results? No, that's fine. Um, well, they don't actually post who's in the in the in the match. I will tell you this: the final match is a rematch of Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne. It is their final match in Progress Wrestling um, before both of their no compete clauses kick in, um, which I believe run from now until um, possibly SummerSlam um, before they hit the off season again. Um, as far as the UK wrestling filming cycle goes for the WWE, they have 
possibly one of the greatest pure wrestling matches I have ever seen. Pete Dunne does a heel turn in the middle of the fucking match, and I do not want to ruin it for you, but if you ever want to see two guys... No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> trust you. <laughs> um, but no, if you ever want to, if you ever want to see two people who have been wrestling since before they hit puberty get in the ring and just show how well they know each other and show what they can do, that is the one. It is phenomenal. Um, Anyway, anyway, moving on to Super Strong Style 16. Um, obviously, if you've never used the Progress um, Demand Progress app, never seen one of the shows, presentation is really nice. Um, sports-like presentation, it's not dissimilar to boxing meets MMA. It's got an edit quality, finding a natural and comfortable middle ground between New Japan Pro Wrestling's long, lingering shots that establish pace and atmosphere and execution, and NXT's paced and measured cutting to allow for character work. Um, it's worlds away from the frantic, sensationalist cutting scene on WWE flagships or the i flunked film school elements of impact wrestling i don't know why um, you do that to impact i mean well it's, it's not... they broke the they they broke the 180 rule in the last match i watched the 180 rule is the first thing you learn in film school literally before they even give you a camera they say if you are on the outside of something like for instance a car or a ring right and you are pointing it and you have the ring to your right i'm going to use ring in this analogy but cars are exactly the way and you are pointing it and you have the ring to your right do not do a full 180 in your edit so that the other cameraman also has the ring to their right because that looks really really disconcerting if you watch that full metal mayhem match um, which was awesome really good match really good match don't get me wrong but the first five minutes or so it's really hard to tell what's going on because they're breaking the 180 rule and your brain is saying hang on he was just on the floor and then he's just jumped to standing up oh no it's different people and that is really basic stuff like genuinely it's if you bought a book on handling a camera it's the first first chapter in all of them all of them. i don't know maybe it's all of, all them. of them all of them just every book yeah i mean say what you want about kevin dunn i mean he uh, it recently came out that he used um the same the same angle um and shot sequence five times for five different power bombs by the same man <laughs> over the course of two weeks um look that up on it's it's on reddit yeah it's all looks that. absolutely ridiculous <laughs> yeah Brilliant. Lars Sullivan. Brilliant. Uh, what what one of the comments on that um because it is just Lars sullivan doing the same power bomb and it looks absolutely identical because of how they shoot it um five times in a row my favorite comment in that was um this has been the best thing on WWE TV all year. So what's really sad is this is actually just a highlight reel. Yeah, it does come off that way, doesn't it? Mm. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just moving rooms right now. That's cool. <laughs> Two um, seconds. Well, while you do that, I'm going to talk about how um, looking through the archives, we've seen varying production throughout the Demand Progress app. Super Strong Style 16 appears to have been shot from multiple HDV cameras. It looks amazing um, and probably the next stepping up of the level um, for Progress Wrestling, of course. Um, with Progress Wrestling, if you if you go as far back as Marty Skrull's kind of championship run in 2016, um, what you find is there are a couple of um, events, um, for instance, 
session 28 um, where the quality is not quite as good and then they step up to another level when they go back to the electric ballroom for episode 29 and this is this is this feels like they're jumping up to the next level um yeah it's um really really well put together um what they may lack in arena production value it makes up for in raw video and graphics quality um the actual codec that they've used here looks absolutely fantastic and the wrestlers look better in still than they actually look on wwe television or something with a bigger budget um when you pause it they don't look like blocky messes they look like actual wrestlers um <clears throat> yeah so that's that's pretty much it in regards to that what 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 were your feels about the um about the actual feel of the of the promotion while you were there because obviously you were physically there you got to physically see um all of this great action okay so what i put was today has been an eye opener for me and wrestling all around i finally found a wrestling promotion that cares about the product they're producing they listen to their fans and make everyone feel welcome they wouldn't be a promotion without their fans. They come from far and wide, from around the world, to support their promotion. And they live, you know, they are favourite wrestlers and wrestlers, and they live their kayfabe. Uh, they all know it's scripted, well, most of them. But they sing their hearts out for their favourite wrestler. Uh, they stick their middle finger in the face of the biggest heel, and they appreciate the high-quality exchanges, spots, and will give a standing ovation halfway through the match to chant, This is progress. Uh, just to let the wrestlers know that they're engaged and loving every second. Uh, they have up MC ring announcer founder by the name of Jim Smallman, who knows how to get the crowd hyped and make everyone feel like they're part of something bigger. It's a sense of community, and that's just one big family, and everyone's welcome. There's just one rule in progress shows, just one rule. Don't be a dick. This is progress. This is progress wrestling. Yeah, it's a breath of fresh air. Um, Jim Smallman um, is, of course, who you mentioned there, the mic man who um, also plays ring announcer as well as MC, and he is he is just one of the funniest men that I've ever seen step into a squared circle. He tells he tells great stories. Um, he has a great rapport with his audience. Um, <clears throat> he talks to them in between every match, and he's he's not. He's not that concerned about the presentation, um, i.e. looking professional and looking legitimate. And like um, you notice that with WWE, they, they go out of their way to try and legitimize everything they do. And ironically, in doing that, they make it feel less so. Um, and it's a very, very strange dichotomy that the harder they try, the more fake their product looks. Whereas in this instance, he has no problem introducing, for instance, um, Trent Seven as weighing in at hench. He has no problem. <laughs> he has no problem as announcing um, one of his superstars as being um, as being a black belt in being as hard as fuck. Uh, you know, he he has absolutely no problem with this kind of stuff he has no problem with talking to his audience talking to his fans speaking to them individually and even ex accepting his referees playing a more um, prominent role in the storytelling of the match in some occasions i once saw a six uh, there was once a six-man tag match that involved um that involved one of the characters uh, trying to persuade a referee um by 
sending him money over PayPal to do a um, to do a top rope <laughs> plancher, and that's just the kind of thing that you see in 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 progress wrestling. If it's good and if it's funny and if it if it brings an emotion, that is something that you see, um, and he allows it, and that's what I love about progress wrestling. I think I think he he allows it to have that light night out feel. Um, Chris Brooks faces Ilja Drogonoff in the first round, just moving as swiftly on, because I'm aware that we have spent the last 15 to 20 minutes sucking um, the penis of progress wrestling quite hard. So let's talk about some actual <laughs> wrestling. Um, so Chris Brooks is from Tipton. Um, he's presented nicely. It's like if um, Come Play My Game by The Prodigy was remixed for a Quentin Tarantino film. Ilja Dragunov, meanwhile, um, he walks the ring with drum soundtrack. It's very much like um, if Steve Blackman took acid um, whilst approving his song and just said, yeah, add more drums. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a little bit extreme. No, it's a little bit extreme, but it all gives him a larger life character. The way his movies and entrance, the way his music is, always means a business when he's considering. Yeah, no, that's yeah. true. I mean, the one thing I will say is that there is a contrast between these two characters. Um, Chris Brooks um, comes across very much as um, a competitor's competitor, very much a, um, I mean, I would even go so far as to just say a, a simple wrestler's wrestler, um, whereas Ildra Dragunov has a larger-than-life personality. And as you've already said, of course, um, but they both seem to exist quite nicely in the same universe, so it, it works. It feels convincing. Um so yeah, when you first saw this was kind of your first taste of the wrestling while you was there, um, how did you feel the match started? Um, I mean, the match started what I'd call with a strong style, fighting spirit back and forth. Might have been yeah. a bit too early. There was no lead lead up to it, but no, it was still it was still fun to watch. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, classic wrestling aficionados would say that it's always nice to see guys feel each other out um, and kind of lock up with a classic kind of collar and elbow um, at the start of a match. In fact, Jim Ross and Jim Cornette have both recently said um, separately on their podcast that neither of them believe that a match should be booked starting any other way. Um, but I mean, considering how many many you see like that um, that do start with a collar and elbow tie-up, especially in a legitimate um, feeling, sporting kind of presentation like this one. Um, it's, you know, quite a refreshing way to start a match, I suppose, especially with two wrestlers who are heavily strike-based anyway. Um, of course, Chris Brooks does use his size um, to gain an advantage early on. Um, Matt-based style as well. Um, it's very much kind of not necessarily heavy amounts of MMA but very much kind of very much kind of he uses his reach to his advantage um, Drogonos fast athletic momentum gets dominated out of him early in the game um, he did not get a chance to mount an offence despite one of the snuggest DDTs I've ever seen nice and early on um, good interaction with the crowd as well as as the fight moves seats um, what was what was your take on that how, how did it feel watching the crowd interact with with Chris well, Brooks, great. And... I love the fact they've got no barriers and mm. it can just spill into the crowd. Um, yeah. Everyone's really respectful. They they duck down so people can still see whilst all, all of this <laughs> going on in front of the crowd. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's there's certainly ample ring crew there as well, I assume, to um, obviously make sure oh, yeah. that yeah, there's assistance there's... if there are. 
Um, and I think they're, the, the crew are um, mostly kind of prospects and indie wrestlers, very much the old kind of gate style of Japan, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, uh, there was a show a couple of, um, a couple of episodes before, for instance, where um, they played a larger part in the show later on. Um, I believe it was unboxing live. Um, and that was very interesting. Um, but essentially um, they're, they, they do that old whole dojo system um, with the with the kind of local talents that that assist them as they tour. So um, I like that, and obviously the ring crew um, helping that kind of situation. situation. Yeah, Definitely. it was was fantastic end of the pier style wrestling um, on the outside from Dragunov. Um, he came short though with a double underhook power driver, stylized that it as a praying mantis bomb. Praying mantis bomb. So it's a driver. Come on, it's it's a driver. Um, I'm, I thought to myself, whoever's like calling it a praying mantis bomb doesn't know anything. But it comes from a wrestler called Ultra Mantis Black, mm. and I, and he was very popular. Um, I would say about eight years ago uh, on the on uh, the yeah. independent scene. Yeah, I mean he he wrestled for Shikara, I believe. That's right, yeah. And he had he was the winner of the two thousand twelve Kings of Trios tournament. And he's wrestling in big Japan um pro wrestling. You know the one where they use guns. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The one the one where basically it's like it's like this is gonna be a match where diggers are allowed and they just like you know, just run each other over and or shit. just like slice each other on the chest or themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And he's then yeah. D Z W as well. Of course. And a few of the um, smaller promotions like Mid South and Jersey or Pro Wrestling. Yeah. <clears throat> so, kind of um, was uh, would that was it Ultramantis who actually first called it that? Or oh, I think it um, is. Because yeah. I mean, you 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 initially said that um, you felt more like a driver, but it's a driver. It is a driver. So really, it's it's probably just um, possibly a mid a mistranslation. But oh well. Um, Glenn Joseph and Matt Richards still called the right move name, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess so. Fair play. Um, Dragunov started dominating with his fast athletic style shortly after this, um, of course. It was this point in the match where it turned into quick flurries back and forth. Meeting bar for bar, sentence for sentence, every attack was countered. Eventually, a strike-off fighting spirit flavour in shoes brooks pulls Droganov's tights and we see his bum what do you think to um Droganov's bum jay it's a bum everyone's got one <laughs> nice it's almost like you expected that question to come and you had an answer <laughs> the pace of the match continues back and forth, mountain in intensity, of course. Um, high spots, they were numerous, um, included a classic senton off the top rope from Dragunov. Um, that was one hell of a beautiful kind of execution of that movie's traditional execution, um, a traditional move. And the height not that as well is. Yeah, Fantastic. I mean... I love, I love, it kind of almost legitimizes it in this day and age to see something that isn't 17 flips and a, and a, and a jump off um, a bit, uh, an I-beam at the top of the arena, isn't it? Um, you know, because it's, it kind of, you just get to see the actual kind of impact of a move that's perfectly placed um, rather the than necessarily. 
Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, 450 splashes and all of that kind of stuff, I love to see them. But at the same time, it's they they come across as very stagey at times. And um, if they miss um, or if they hit wrong, then they look weak as shit. Um, so it's good to see good to see a bit more of a traditional kind of top rope offense um, kind of being pulled. Um, there was also a snug as fuck octopus stretch from Chris Brooks. Um, it looked just as painful as Zack Jr.'s. Oh my god! I don't like. I have nightmares about Zack Sabre Jr.'s octopus stretch, but now he has been replaced in my brain by <laughs> um, <laughs> by this guy. Because I mean, it's, it Brooks. was my first. Yeah, it was my first Chris Brooks match. Um, really, really fucking impressed um, by both of these competitors. Um, I hadn't seen either. Um, there was also this continuing kind of pissing contest with the six one nine spinning lariats. What's what what was going on with that? Do, any idea? I don't know. I mean, with the the spinning six one nine, I don't think it was overused. Um, sometimes less is more, and in this case, that would that would be it. Um, he could have used it once, and it would have been fine. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, um, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting one, but um, I mean, Chris Brooks is Chris Brooks is kind of. I don't know whether it was a case of Chris Brooks went for it and missed and then Ildra, um, Ildra copied it and then Chris Brooks kind of came back and actually hit it or whether it was the other way around. I can't really remember now. Cause it's no, it was, it was just Dragunov uh, did it three times, missed twice, hit once. Oh, okay. Um, in which case, um, maybe maybe if they're miss- your offense is missing that much, it's maybe um, more of a signature than it is an actually devastating um, yeah. move. But um, yeah, Dragunov won at the end of the match, regardless of his miss. Regardless of his missed spots, um, spinning reverse elbow um, from the top rope and a headlock. Um, is is that the description that well, I, I should would, go with? I would I, say I, that would be a spinning headbutt. A spinning headbutt. It looks like he's going for an, an, uh, a European uppercut, but he hits on his uh, head instead. Is that accidental or on, on? That's what he does. That's his. That's his yeah, okay. That's his thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play. Um, hmm. All in all, what would you say? I mean, it's your first time seeing both wrestlers for this, the first this time. Was a, this was a barnstormer. Yeah, that's uh, is this getting your barnstormer of the yeah. Jay's barnstormer of the week. Mm, not quite. Not quite. Well, there are several like matches on matches this card alone. Card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, for for my first kind of flavour of this, um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Absolutely. Um, commentary swaps at this stage. Um, the preceding match was um, commentated by. Um, oh, who commentated the previous match? Glenn Joseph, I believe, and. Um, I wrote it somewhere. Matt Richards. Uh, um, yes, Matt Richards, of course. Um, and, of course, Matt Richards swaps out for Fraser Thomas at this stage. It's That's one of right. the more interesting things with these longer events um, on Progress Wrestling is that you get a nice rotation of commentators. The commentary team as well um, do not commentate during the intro, um, which, of course, means if Roman Reigns ever gets fired and decides to slum it in Progress Wrestling, we will not have to hear Glenn Joseph shout, The Big Dog! 
Ever. Um, yeah. <laughs> One thing. Um, did we mention, by the way, um, on our wildcard episode before we moved on, um, before before we move on to this next match? Did you know? Did you know? Hear Michael Cole's call um, in regards to Roman Reigns uh, when he first entered. Were you aware of this? He shouted, "Believe it or not." It's Monday Night Yard. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway. No, no words for that. No words at yeah. all. Well, no there's words. no bullshit from um, Glenn Joseph and Fraser Thomas or any of the commentary team. Um, really, really great throughout. Um, in fact, they make noting this kind of stuff an absolute dream because they they tell you the story in league with what you're watching um, and give a nice evergreen style. So they're not necessarily spoiling what's going to come in front or what came behind if you're watching out of sequence. Um, Cal Fletcher um, faced Daga in the second of the eight um, first round matches to the Super Strong Style 16. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of interesting. Daga has this um, lucha libre, um, luchador without a mask kind of thing going off, doesn't he? Um, that's kind of his, kind of his thing. He, he embodies all of the traditions of lucha libre, but he doesn't necessarily yeah, believe that he needs say, to like wear an a mask. Andrade kind of, kind of feel. Yeah, yeah, kind of an Andrade feel, but with a much oh, more kind of Andrade versus Daga. That would be an amazing match. I would say, in fact, that's a nice way of putting it. Daga is the MTV2 version of Andrade in his presentation. Yeah. Would you, would you say that's fair? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say that's fair. Cool. Um, he's, he's against Kyle Fletcher um, in this match. Kyle Fletcher is, I believe, if I, if I remember correctly, he is the big, tall guy in the green pants um, with the with the wavy hair, isn't he? Um Kyle Fletcher has hair and then shaved stuff. <laughs> I'm, just Kyle after, Fletcher. I'm just going after. <laughs> I, I, I watched him less than... Ah, yeah, no, that's exactly who I thought it was. Um, yeah, Kyle Fletcher is... Um, yeah, he's he's young. He's he's at Kyle Fletcher Pro on Twitter. Um, just feel free to just just tap in. Um, one of the most promising prospects, young prospects coming out of this promotion at the moment, really, isn't he? Um, when it comes to, I mean, he has an absolute Matt Classic later. He, in the he weekend, was in the dark course. course of the tournament. I thought they they may be pushing someone um, a bit younger forward, but mm. but the outcome in the end was was very good. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd, I'd say that. I mean, he seems to specialise at the moment. He's at that period in his career um, where he does a lot of tournaments anyway. Um, for instance, um, he's he um, got involved in the J1 League, of course, um, and of course um, he was in the B block for that. Um, he's that's with. Um, that is with frontline wrestling. So that's league based okay. wrestling. And, um, he's also, obviously this is one of his, um, I, I, th I think it's his second super strong style 16, but do not quote me on that. Um, but he's the Aussie arrow. We saw, we saw him live. Um, this is your second time seeing him live. Um, you, um, we this saw is... him live at Rev Pro. Uh, yeah. New Japan Rev Pro. We saw him there, didn't we? Yeah. 
Yeah, we yeah. did. Um, so generally, I'm always impressed by him. Um, early on, Dogger um, brains himself on the steel on the outside of the ring. Um, there's the there's the arena has a cement floor, and then there are steel. There's a steel rivet running straight down the center of um, of the place, and it's got that kind of corrugated corrugated kind of network pattern on it hasn't it um and he just brained himself on that um really early on yeah i mean when it's not was absolutely insane it felt like a good five minutes before dog got back up um it would be seen actually watching it back that, that flesh and movement out of position um and then wasn't there to like catch him yeah so i mean dog made would... him pay for that <laughs> <laughs> he made him pay he chopped him yeah. till he drew blood <laughs> Yeah, um, it was it was gunshot kind of style, wasn't it? I mean, it's, it was it was I mean, loud. I, I think what you're looking at there is a bit of um, a back and forth kind of yeah, I owe you one, so here you go kind of thing going off, isn't there? Yeah. Because obviously. Uh, <laughs> absolutely brained himself i think it's um one of those things in this kind of promotion there's there's always that kind of trustful thing going off and and obviously it's a shame when someone misses it it's a good job that he wasn't uh, he wasn't too too badly beaten i don't think he even came out of a concussion um as far uh, as no, i'm aware no, i don't, I don't see any is. anything on any injury reports or anything um Daga had fast and short attacks um fletcher attempted to get um some of his harder hitting arsenal involved he never quite got that heavy hitting hail mary he had been going for early on around six minutes in he went for a play on the apron and this turned around by one of the most devastating death valley drivers on the ring apron i have ever fucking seen um it's kind of although it doesn't have the flip um that um that Vel velveteen dreams had at the latest takeover um i mean it's twice as brutal because um, he jumps from the apron onto the onto the arena floor and allows that kind of momentum and pivot to really kind of really kind Pop of alter. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. one hell of a move, isn't it? Um, Fletcher, of course, remains on his back foot um, until he creates space with a one-legged shotgun drop kick, which still looked as bad as a two-legged shotgun, actually, <laughs> to be fair. Um, and then performed a top rope running plancher, um, and that changed the game for um, for the Aussie Arrow as, as it was kind of his way of inserting that coin, hitting continue, carrying on the game. Um, yeah, quite a quite a piece, really. Yeah, and eventually they ended up in a fighting spirit back and forth. Mm. Um, at was, this point, was, you was concerned, was, wasn't you? Yeah, yeah, I was definitely concerned about it becoming progress language for here comes the finish. Um, but luckily, this is the last match where they really use that in this piece. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kyle managed to tap into his typical combination of athleticism and strength and takes Targa for the win. Yeah, um, Daga was left in the ring by um, Carl Fletcher as a kind of sign of respect. This seems to be something that's a bit of a continuing theme at Super Strong Style 16 when somebody exits, um, providing there's no there's no kayfabe or real life bad blood between the two competitors, at least, isn't it? Um, Carl Fletcher, um, yeah, Carl Fletcher kind of just left him, and it was it was really really quite something. Um, closing thoughts on on these two guys, if you have any. For I mean, Kyle, them. Uh, Kyle Fletcher reminds me of a young um, fallen angel, Christopher Daniels, but with a bit more flair. And um, a bit more I, hair. 
<laughs> a bit more hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the moment, he's got like a high flying style, but if he gets into a more map based, heavy striking, he, he could definitely end up being that way, but um, maybe he doesn't yeah. want to. I mean, I, I see mean, a lot of AJ in him as well, so. He's he's young. Um, he's very young, and when he does get to that, um, how how old is he actually? Let's let's get an exact, a precise lock on his age. If We're going to say twenty-two. Can. I reckon it's going to be around twenty-two. Um, Kyle Fletcher. I mean, let me put it this way: when I searched for him. Yeah, he's 20 years old. Um, when I searched for him on Google, um, the third image was as was taken by him on a webcam when he was about 12. So, <laughs> I mean, he is he, he is literally he is literally fucking start of his career. Um, he is absolutely brilliant at his high flying game and his map based game is coming along nicely even in the time between we saw him in rev pro um and now i mean uh, when we saw him in rev pro he was very much glorified stuntman but that was partly because of the four-way match that he was in um but moving forward he's shown some real kind of in-ring ability um during the course of during the course of his time over this weekend and he definitely shows it on night two as well um and i think when he does slow down he will be able to fall back on a fairly wide breadth of map based um stylings um as a result very much like aj um or samoa joe is a good example of somebody who has um kind of developed their mat game whilst also being a bit of a a bit more of a kind of active competitor in the ring in his youth i mean early on um, in samoa's career he was more mat based strike heavy he didn't really fly around that much so he kind of developed it the other way around oh okay um well yeah possibly <laughs> i mean uh, you, you follow, i uh, that's what i get for watching stuff backwards <laughs> <laughs> you know, back to see at the end of the year, Carl Fletcher possibly holding one of those titles. Maybe Atlantis. Maybe something happens with that. No, you never know. I think. I think the real question is, how long do you think before Carl Fletcher holds the best of the Super Juniors? This year, next year, I don't think he'll reach twenty-three without holding it. Well, if it's if it's going to be any time, it'll be next year or the year after. I don't think it's going to be any time soon. But yeah, it will happen. Yeah, I think I, I, that's you can call that our dead cert of the day. Um, <laughs> moving on, um, DJ. How do you pronounce this? Is it DJ Z or DJ Z? Considering where we are, still DJ Z. Okay, DJ Z um, faced um, Travis Banks, a uh, WWE NXT UK alumni that we're all very much aware of against um, against DJ Z, uh, who. Yeah, his entrance is a bit of a standout um, as far as DJZ. He's a little bit kind of lighthearted in his approach. Um, LED shirt with patterns and a kind of really nice dubstep soundtrack. It translates great on television. I think you found it a bit naff in the arena, didn't you? Really? <laughs> <laughs> you like it. Yeah, it was just a shirt. It was just flashing. It was right. I, I, I liked it. I like. I liked it. Showman, but I, I, yeah, he's a showman. Um, he's got that kind of. Oh, uh, Joseph Fleisch. Um, is that how you pronounce it? Joseph Fleisch? Jordan Fleisch? Um, he's got that kind of lighthearted <laughs> element that um, that he does have. Uh, I, you, know about, gonna... you know about Jody Fleisch? Jody. Jody Fleisch, that's it. He's got that kind of lighthearted um, kind of, but he can go kind of feel to him. 
if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's fine. That does make sense. Um, he needs to stay away from the microphone, though, because he's not very good on that. He needs a mouthpiece, I think. Yeah, but, I mean, part of that mouthpiece is, of course, played by DJ Brizzle, um, <laughs> who is the resident DJ um, on this evening in particular. Um, he has a DJ Claxon um, agreement with DJ Brizzle, of course. Um, it comes into play early in the match. DJ Z hits constant flurries to antagonize Travis Banks, dominating early through the gate. Um, very much like, say, Jerry Lynn getting the better of a lighter Australian Chris Benoit. Every exchange is punctuated by a pose and a klaxon not dissimilar to TJP's dabs in the first round of his CWC entry. Um, how, how was the reaction in the arena to that? Oh, everyone's eating that up. Um... Yeah, it was one of the most. It was one of the most funniest moments of the night. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's good. It's good in All such day. a tournament. Well, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good in a, um, a tournament kind of event like that to obviously have a bit of levity. Um, I mean, W, I, I, I would find it very, very hard after watching this tournament to go and um, necessarily. Um, watch a wwe tournament where everything's really like framed as if it's the most important thing in the fucking world i don't know um, cwc still still great still got some yeah i mean on there. that's cwc i think um if you put cwc down as the i i am going so far as to say now um that although yeah no i'm gonna say it i would say cwc is possibly the greatest tournament that WWE have ever put together that wasn't the what I'm going to say other than the Survivor Series tournament from 1998 simply because the Survivor Series tournament was one whole story and I thought that was genius um, but I'd say they're on a par when it comes to pure wrestling CWC all the way so <laughs> Travis Banks um, he's played as a heel in progress um, it's great to see him in a different mode, especially considering that he's such a white meat baby face in, um, in NXT, um, really hasn't been given the chance to kind of show much character other than the fact that I'm, I, I like to pretend I'm a bandit, um, when he's on, <laughs> when he's on NXT UK TV, you know, with that stupid cloth that he's got, but here, no, it was, it's nice. Yeah, no, it was great to see him cut a solid promo as a heel. Um, sky is the limit for this guy, for this yeah. born wrestler. Yeah, um, I mean, you don't even notice he's he's from like you don't even notice he's from like the lesser Australia, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm on wine today. What's, what's wrong with New Zealand? What's wrong with New Zealand? Um, nothing, nothing. It's just like it's just like Australia's Wales, isn't it? So well, when you put these... it like that. <laughs> 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 these shenanigans um, with the klaxon of course they offer a bit of levity um, after some fairly straight characters in the first few matches as well um, seeing Travis Banks kind of play against somebody who is trying to make a mockery of him especially when he's such an easily antagonised heel um, and so intense within this promotion um, he does eventually kind of override that element of the match when he's able to cut off a third klaxon shot with a shotgun dr- shotgun drop kick so fucking severe um it hit djz so hard it rattled his grandma's teeth it was really brutal that drop kick hit djz went back and he hit that corner so hard 
Yeah, it was like it. It was like it was like it could have if it was against any material other than a ring, uh, other than a um, other than the material it hit. I think it was the turnbuckle, wasn't it? If it was against anything like a solid wall, it would have shattered his skull. I thought I thought Leo Rush could take a, a shotgun drop kick, but DJZ. <sighs> I think I think Leo Rush um Leo Rush just takes a shotgun drop kick like um like that because he's like you know like four stone dripping wet. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Mm. Of course it's not a good image for him to be um taking shotgun drop drop kicks nowadays is it? You know, you know what does it say in in America in 2019 when he's getting shotgun drop kicked? You know, it's not like they pay him to do it. Anyway, um, high flying DJZ outpaces Travis Banks, um, causing him to revert to a Mac game. It's unusual for him, but it's a great opportunity to see a different side um, from the one that we are usually kind of involved in. Um, shotgun drop kicks to a corner and apron to the floor. Hunts showing off more kind of Johnny Moss elements of his offense, um, showing time in the performance center have really rubbed off. However, it's his Muay Thai wrestling hybrid form um, from before the performance center that overpowers DJZ in the end, kind of saying um, NXT and um, the performance center have added to my arsenal, very much so, but... I'm still the same Travis Banks that you remember from the Indies. Um, would you would you say that's a fair assessment? I'd say he's a more all-round wrestler now. Yeah, so. I mean it's a it's kind of a it kind of unlocked more value for him, but it didn't it, it, it hasn't it hasn't reduced his arsenal. It's expanded it. It and has expanded it, and he is a lethal lethal wrestler. He really is. Um, Great match. If these two were given five minutes at WrestleMania, it would show Vince McMahon to be wearing no clothes. As in sheep's. No, wolves. it's like the, as in, as the, the wearing sheep's clothes. The, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's the emperor has no clothes. You know that um, that from right. the yeah yeah, yeah. that thing. Res, Rasputin. Take notes, Vince. <laughs> yeah, just take notes. We got your number. Got your number, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Wind your neck in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jordan Devlin um, then faces off against the lucky kid um, after that. Uh, in fact, before that, that Travis Banks match, I'm going to say I almost want to say it's my match of the night. Really, really do. If it wasn't for the last match, it would be my match of the night. I just kind of want to throw that out there now. Okay. Cool. Um, Jordan Devlin faced off the lucky kid. Um, interesting little side note to those of you who have learned to love hating Jordan Devlin from your brief time with him in NXT UK. Um, in Progress Wrestling, he's played as a permanent face at the moment. Um, this is due to a bicycle kick from um, the previous year's Super Strong Style. Um, a beach ball was floating around the ring Um that had been kind of kicked in by the fans. Um, Jordan, just before the ring announcer introduced him, um, Jordan grabbed the beach ball, threw it up in the air, did a full-on black um, backflip, bicycle kicked it into the third row behind him, landed on his feet and smiled. And overnight, the chance went from, you're just a shit Finn Balor, to um, Jordan 
Mr. Devlin is our champion. And it has been like that ever since. Um, have you have you had a chance to see this bicycle kick? It's on YouTube. I, I, haven't, it's on... I haven't been able to. Um, well, I haven't been well, able to have a look for it yet. <laughs> oh, fair play, fair play. Well, it's um, well, it's a small clip of it from a fan cam is is available on YouTube, or you can obviously get it all Ooh. on the Progress Ooh. Wrestling <laughs> from a fan app. cam. From a fan <laughs> cam, I know very naughty boys, naughty fans. They're just being dicks. Um, <laughs> yeah they are being dicks um so <laughs> yeah but it's, it's just very interesting to see jordan devlin play um such a role and i think i'm going to come back to that relatively shortly um yeah well how did this match start for you though uh, i finally start with the uk star with arm wrenches wrist locks body slams from devlin um i would mm. say the first half of the match had a heavy king's road style yeah, um, uh, yeah. It. There was a point where uh, Kate looked legitimately hurt on the outside as well. It was, yeah, it was just brutal, brutal, brutal stop. Yeah, kind of. We're talking when we say Kings Road, we're talking escalating slams, um, a clear cut sequence mm-hmm. um, of slams um, that escalate in kind of, in kind of sequence and um and intensity um usually it's a set piece in king's road as well um and yeah very very nicely put together old style kind of southern american wrestling with a um uk greco-roman kind of twist um via japan so it's, it's one of those styles that's been everywhere but um he just went and added another string to that bow as it were um looking kids character that's an interesting one. Um, he's kind of this <laughs> psychopathic kind of. He's he's more Ramstein than Marilyn Manson in style. A little bit American Psycho, I a suppose. Bit in the way <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I can see that. Um, he's he's kind of he does this weird kind of arm flippy floppy thing that um, reminds me of Saru from the latest series of Star Trek Discovery, um, where his arms are just kind of trailing and flapping around whenever he walks. Um, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird, but yeah, he's got that um, in ring sit down pose as well, which. Obviously, it's kind of influenced by this kind of Slavic kind of lucha kind of Japanese style. Um, he goes for a swanton plancher early on to get the advantage. Um, how do you feel? I mean, I assume this is your first time with Lucky Kid um, and seeing him as a performer. No, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, uh, really, really like his in-ring style. Um and the way he puts it together. Yeah, I mean he's he's certainly he certainly comes across as the perfect kind of kind of first round heel, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um if if that makes sense. I mean he's he's a bit more gimmick than he is wrestler at times, um, but I mean give him some time and a bit of development, um, and he can certainly go beyond Bray Wyatt and into something a bit more substantial as time goes on. Maybe mm. maybe even make it to the heady heights of Raven or Billy Maybe Kidman. a bit of a John Moxley. Yeah, yeah, I think he could hit. I think he could hit kind of John Moxley levels given given enough time. Definitely, um, I haven't yet seen him do anything hardcore. Does he? Does he go hardcore at all over this weekend, or D- does anyone go hardcore over this weekend? Actually, That's I haven't even asked that question. That's the question, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna leave us hanging, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Devlin, <get> Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Devlin, um, he as a face appears to swap 
arrogance um, and posing that he does as a heel in NXT UK with this kind of Mac game, serious competitor, kind of like when, um, kind of like Kenny Omega's transition from heel to face, uh, except told on a per event basis, I suppose. Um, it's well thought out. It allows his characters to remain ruthless um, whilst keeping that edge consistent with the WWE flavor of his persona. Um, it's a level of character depth that depth that's still relatively new in this modern age of wrestling where everyone can watch this wrestler perform as a heel on one channel and a face on um another um it's it's kind of nicely kind of consistent um across both promotions because he's a competitor he therefore treats super strong style 16 with a level of respect he doesn't necessarily afford wwe as a promotion and that thoroughly explains in one sentence his attitude on both and that's nice that 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 is there he's everything he does is thoroughly consistent as a character and as a result i kind of have a new level of respect do you find this with jordan devlin do you think it's i do not like jordan devlin on um nxt uk i find him flat and boring but watching him live at um, super strong style 16 completely changed my mind yeah, like you said, his depth of character is, is completely, completely off, off the fucking thing. Yeah, I mean, scale. and I think that's, I think that's it. I mean, obviously, he's, I, I reckon this could have been his, his he's relatively young. Um, maybe he's a bit inexperienced when it comes to being, um, being a heel, because obviously he's just transitioning into that stage in his career where he is kind of the more experienced person in most rings he enters. And as we know, the heel leads the match from a kayfabe perspective, um, that if there's a face in the ring, he is being led by the heel. He is reactionary in his role to the heel. And Jordan Devlin kind of is relying on that kind of, let's make the match boring with a load of headlocks and stuff in his NXT UK stuff. But purely as a character, that's that's just my thoughts. I think I, that character exists convincingly in both universes at the same time, and that's kind of cool. Um, doing yeah, it well. yeah, doing it very well. Um, so Lucky Kid's role seems to be this rising foreign star trying to make a big win on an international stage. He's mounting a decent offence. Um, Devlin comes across as this consummate professional character. He barely breaks a sweat as he analyzes Lucky Kid for weakness. Um, it's found um, eventually, and his answer to this weakness, um, which is this um, Lucky Kid's kind of overcommitting to his moves and um, uh, what what it, Jordan Devlin eventually does is he possums falling onto the apron like it's a botched spot. Um, during a top rope superplex attempt and then immediately hits a devastating cutter from the top rope by leaping over it. It practically lawn darted him into the canvas. Um, it was a really, really kind of good bit of... He possumed Lucky Kid, but he also possumed Kayfabe for a second in order to pull that off, and it kind of really pulled me straight into the match. What do you think to this finish? That cutter... <laughs> um it was brutal um i don't think it went how it was meant to go uh it, yeah. it, it turned into a little bit of a ddt um, yeah i was gonna say it landed like a, it landed like um one of raven's implant ddts didn't it just devlin was the wrong way around but yeah it was completely brutal <laughs> yeah just absolutely amazing um what was your overall where would you say this match sits i said this match had 
match of the night written all over it. The change in pace throughout the match um, was just spot on. The way they did it, the way they built it, the way they slowed it down. Um, even when they go into the high spots into the rest holes, it was flawless in my opinion. Uh, it gave the match suspense and it kept a grip to it as well. Yeah, no, I can understand that. Um, well, that kind of pulls it for the first half of night one. Um, one hell of a first half. Obviously, that is time for drinks for all of the audience there. Um, it's also kind of time for you to go and take maybe a break or a rest or similar, Jay. Is, is that kind of where you're feeling about this? Yeah, I'm going to you take a break right now. Well, while you're taking a break, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to talk Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank is going to be this Sunday night. Um, yeah, we're going to do our usual pre-show. That's going to be kind of cool. Then we're going to do a post-show. That's going to be after it. Definitely, definitely tune into that. And this song is way too loud for me to continue to do this over, so I'm just going to stop it. <laughs> So we are back with part two of our Thingamie Bob, um, or as most people would call it, Super Strong Style 16, day one recap from Progress Wrestling, available on the Demand Progress app, who don't pay us, by the way, we're just that much of a pair of marks for progress that we decided to completely change our operating model the moment we downloaded it because it is that fucking good um <clears throat> second half starts with the fifth of our eight um first round matches from the super strong style 16 tournament um in this case trevely versus Aerostar. Um, Trevely enters wearing his WWE NXT shirt, um, casually sipping water like he's not too concerned. Um, he doesn't look phased by this match at all. He does the peace sign as he wanders around. Um, at one point, he closes his eyes and walks around the ring um, kind of blind. Um, a fantastic moment where he barges into the rope it could be shoot or worked considering the 18 by 18 ring progress use as opposed to the 20 by 20 rings wwe use means that it would almost be a comment that the independent rings are too small to him if it were intentional but i don't know whether it was shoot or work um great to see this foreign invader storyline though where wwe is the invader really like this way of introducing somebody as a heel um especially to for instance myself who is new to trevor lee i, I actually haven't seen him wrestle um at all um whereas jay you've you've got you've got a bit of a bit of a summation of his background in your in your in that yeah, in that thought box of yours haven't you in my thought box. In your thought uh, Trevor, box. Yeah, Trevor Lee's best known for his uh, TNA Impact Wrestling. Um, former X Division champion. Uh, he has a smash mouth athletic style. Uh, seems to always be um, in a storyline where he was a singles or in a tag team, and it was called the Court of Lee. Um, TNA Impact definitely saw his value. Well, I mean, um, they're not the only ones to see his value, of course. All-American Wrestling um, gave him two titles, the AAW Heritage Championship and the AAW Tag Team Championship. He's also held the Carolina Wrestling Federation Mid-Atlantic um, Heavyweight Rising Generation League Championship, Tag Team Championship, two-time television champion, PWI Ultra J Championship, CWF Annual Rumble winner, um, and Kurt Nodal Brothers 
Tag Team Tournament 2018 winner with his partner, Chet Sterling. Other places that have awarded accolades to this guy, Omega Championship Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, um, and PWI ranked him as number 61 in the top 500 single wrestlers um, in their PWI 500 back in 2016. This is a man with so many credentials. If they made them into medals and pinned them to his chest, he'd need a bigger jersey. Um, he really is quite the pedigree coming into this tournament, is he not? He definitely is. Depth on your background check there, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest, I have the Wikipedia um, page open as I speak. Aerostar, of course, has the indie answer to the big money of WWE. He comes down in a flash of pyro, and by that, I mean a can of deodorant and a lighter. Um, as much... <laughs> what do you mean there's no pyro? I know. <laughs> WD-40 and a lighter. I'm going to make my own pyro. Don't worry about it. Um, as, as much as I rate Aerostar as a wrestler, um, he nearly sets fire to his hand as he does this. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think that a um, room full of um, British kind of 20 to 40 somethings are going to be that impressed by something that they all got tired of doing when they were 13 in yeah. the school locker rooms. But still, nice try. Nice, nice try. <laughs> he made up for it, but it's fine. He yeah, made he, he made up for it later um, in the night, and in fact, later in the in the in the kind of event because I've seen his match from night two so far while I've been doing my research. Um, and not to say too much, but thoroughly enjoyed that one um, as I did this one. Trevor Lee starts off this match with good mic work. He introduces himself as a WWE superstar. It plays very well in establishing him, him as a heel. Um, this is considering up until this point his only appearance for WWE. <laughs> was in a dark match against Shane Strickland which um, obviously Shane Strickland is a good wrestler Shane um, Strickland come from MLW yeah Shane Strickland um, I have heard rumblings I mean Shane Strickland won that dark match just for the record um, which of course kind of moves into the entire it adds to the heel persona to those who actually know the history, of course, um, just simply because he's had one match for WWE and he's bragging about being from big money WWE. Um, he calls out Phoenix and Pentagon as better alternatives to Aerostar. Um, good to hear their names. You, you, couldn't, get, like you couldn't get Phoenix. You couldn't get Pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> Played really well with the crowd, didn't it? Um, really got their really got their backs up. Really kind of cool. It did. Yeah. Um, Aerostar um, puts on a decent showing. It was a good way to introduce him to audiences who may not know. Um, this was very much a Deep South versus Equatorial South kind of match. Um, we're talking wrestling versus lucha here. Um, you're looking at a Southern American wrestler famed for his 75-minute matches on the independent scene, going big man against a mill mascarous lucha type. And it allows for some great meta-narrative, I feel regarding WWE and how it affects wrestlers and how power and cheap tactics sometimes affect the legitimacy of wrestling overall. Jay, maybe I'm waxing philosophical here, but what do you think to that assertion? This is where you edit. Because I got nothing. Not going to edit it. That was hilarious. Um... <laughs> <laughs> 
You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit of a despot sometimes, aren't I? <laughs> so what do you think about that, Jay? I've just pretty much said everything, but um, what do you think about everything I've just said? Who knows everything? <laughs> uh, I'm going to edit from there. Um, so <laughs> high spot, of course, was Aerostar's unique offense. Um, this included a great second right reverse kneeling poetry roll into a cutter. Um, if you're struggling to imagine mm-hmm. what that looks like, it's because I had to invent that moose name because I sure as fuck <laughs> would not know how to Google it. Um uh, do you think that's an accurate name for it? Kneeling reverse, sorry, to- second rope, reverse kneeling poetry roll into a cutter. The way he does it. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So he springs into the ropes, but his bottom feet, his, well, his bottom feet, his only feet are on the bottom rope. Yeah, his shins, where he's, his shins hit the where second he then, rope, don't they, from a kneeling position, am I right? The way I see it, he's holding onto the ropes. Mm. Um, his feet are on the bottom rope. He springs forward into a roll and then into a cutter. Oh. He's just added a new dimension to the move. Yeah, um, quite Very possibly. Good. Very um, good. From what I saw, um, Great spot. from what I saw, he he kind of his shins hit the second rope, which is what gives him that spin because he goes from standing on the ropes with the ropes in front of him. He spins around as he jumps from the bottom rope tucks his knees in order to start the spin on that roll and then moves into the cutter. Um, that was my understanding of it, unless we're talking about a separate spot. I think we're talking about the same spot, but we are... Obviously seeing it differently. Oh. <laughs> well, fair enough. Um, well, either way, it looks fucking boss. Um, I think we can both. <laughs> yeah, agree de- on that. definitely. Yeah. Uh, second rope reverse kneeling poetry roll into a cutter is one of my favourite moves. Um, make it a thing, guys. Hashtag second rope reverse kneeling poetry roll into a cutter. Um, and a fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag that could be a t-shirt actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> a fantastic. Let's write that down. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, he did an amazing um, over the top rope plancher, um, which. Jim Smallman later said um, took off in the ring and landed in Narnia, which I think is pretty damn accurate. I mean, he kind of hit the... He landed in the sixth row. Yeah. That that was crazy. Yeah, it was... This guy can jump. I mean... He took out the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um... Great showing, both competitors. Trevor Lee won with, um, are you ready for this? You ready for this? This is another hashtag. With a hashtag, work, work, shoot, lariat, um, which caused the referee to duck long enough to low blow Aerostar. So basically he kind of, he kind of works missing a lariat on Aerostar, continues the spin so that the referee has to duck. At this point, Aerostar is behind him. He spins around before the referee gets back up from his duck and kicks Aerostar in the balls. Um, Which completely destroys his momentum. It looked like Aerostar was yeah. taking this. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Um, it, a double leg hook pin, of course, um, finishes him off. Really interesting way to establish a character and also kind of still keep still keep Aerostar looking strong considering um, that he lost through nefarious means um, all in all good match nice break from the deeper stuff earlier in the show eases everyone into the second half really well paced to kind of get that feel feel back 
um, but still some very innovative spots. Um, your thoughts? Um, the match itself, uh, nothing wrong with it. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, what I didn't enjoy was was uh, Trevor Lee's um, promo. Um, didn't didn't quite get over with me. I mean, he's called the California Caveman. None of the caveman is is in his is Arsenal anymore. Um, it seems to be completely dropped now. He's gone to WWE. Mm. Um, he, he seems to be a more solid worker, but it kind of yeah, kind of homogenizes. It's just missing something. I think. I think then. The next night, next day, promo was better, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. on the next episode. We'll talk about that on the next episode of the podcast. Of course, there are two, um, now two streams with which you can listen to that great Beard and Bear content um, here on what we have redubbed the JFPN, that is the JFABE podcast network. Of course, there is the podcast. We commit to doing every single show that Progress Wrestling does. Um, that is on this podcast. We also have a sister podcast um, called The Beard and Bear Unhappy Hour, where we talk about all of the, <clears throat> quote, wonderful, end quote, things that Vince McMahon is doing to slowly fuck his legacy into the ground. <laughs> Um, next, it's not that bad. Actually, it really is that bad. Yeah, um, I mean, our podcast great, but no, you know, that WWE is garbage um, at the moment. Absolute fucking garbage. Um, and it t- it took me watching this wrestling show um, to really kind of realise why I was no no longer excited about wrestling. Um, and exactly, I, I that's how I felt when I came out the first day. I was like, I love wrestling again. Yeah. I never knew I fell out of love with it. Um, I had no idea. It's because WWE had slowly skewed what wrestling was in your head and replaced it mm. with this world where everybody's the same, everybody has the same moveset, everybody has the same gimmicks, every commentate, every match is commentated exactly the same way, all of the spots... Everyone has the same camera angles. Yeah, all of the spots have the same <laughs> camera angles repeated over and over again, ad nauseum. It's just a front for selling merchandise. Speaking of merchandise, David Starr versus Artemis Spencer, one of the most popular merchandise um, heavy wrestlers at the moment is of course David Starr he has a very very stylish um, impact font independent shirt that he um, wore to this match um, and that many fans in the audience were in fact the independent shirt of David Starr is practically the British equivalent of the Bullet Club t-shirt is it not Um, there are people wearing that everywhere yeah that that Sky's over. That shirt's over. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Um, massive fan favorite. Um, he, it really looked good having this person whose entire kind of gimmick was that he was independent straight after Trevor Lee as well. Really kind of let anybody who were kind of maybe missed a missed their um, missed their tube stop and not been able to see the first half really gets them into the action and understanding where they are um, massive fan favorite introduction had a series of accolades that get more and more absurd as they go my favorite being really good at twitter <laughs> <laughs> no i like Tommy had in the independent part at the end he looked behind and he was like, and the independent, that was great. Yeah, really good. You would think this someone with that talent would have been in NXT UK or even on NXT as he is American. Mm. Um, but he said the only reason why 
Um, it's an interview. The only reason why he hasn't gone to WWE is because there's no healthcare, and that's the reason why he chose to wrestle in the UK and move to the UK. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's it's good that the UK does support um and does support us in the oh my um, I, I was about to plug, in the UK. I was about to plug the NHS there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do it. Fuck it. I mean, the UK is the place for independent wrestlers to go, and I think that's one of the reasons we have such a thriving scene. Um, is the is the fact that you obviously do get your healthcare paid for if you are a taxpayer, um, and in a lot of cases, um, if you're a European citizen, um, I'm uh, I'm not sure where David Starr sits on that. Is he American? Is he um, less? I think he's actually a UK citizen. Okay. Um, yes, he lives in the UK. But I mean, it's a it's a genius it's a genius way of way of kind of covering yourself in those kind of situations. Um, Canadian Artemis Spencer, who also incidentally comes from somewhere with somewhat socialized healthcare comparatively to um, America. Um, he enters quicker um, than his introduction, than than David Starr's entire introduction. Um, but he is he is announced as the Defy Wrestling Champion, um, as you as you pointed out to me earlier. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, he wasn't announced as a Defy Wrestling Champion. That they didn't announce that at all. Oh, did they not? Um, they certainly no, no, mentioned. No, no, but he is the Defy Champion. They certainly uh, mentioned it on they... commentary. Yeah, in a kind of sly way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like he he he's defying the odds or something like that. Um, yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, I mean, he. <laughs> Regardless, he starts off the match fast by showing what he can do. We get lots of tumbles, athletic movements, um, loads of kind of back and forth. He really shows off immediately that um, words words are not his his forte. His his forte is directly in the ring. Um, he outpaces. David Starr in the early going of the match. Um, great offence from him throughout the match. Actually, um, classics include a bent senton. Um, from the top rope um and that's while um that's while david Starr is stood in a standing supine position so he really gets the arch on that back of course um i mean how how did that look yeah this was one of the best spots and follow-ups of the night it was yeah. absolutely insane to watch the, the the crowd exploded when this happened yeah i mean i never i've never seen that kind of sent on done um because it is just the standard kind of lean back full weight of your back um hitting the other person's back but in this case who's lying on the top rope <laughs> yeah just really really good that is innovative really really good um straight into a power bomb um into a double knee lift power bomb so he did two power bombs in a row straight after that as well um one of the best spots and follow-ups of the night entirely agree with you there jay um was all in spite of an earlier flatliner from Star, and that planted so hard it made Sister Abigail look like Aunt Jemima. <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely insane. Who is Aunt Jemima? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think <laughs> I'm going to say that I don't know. So I'm really. This is my moment to not edit out. I guess um, she's a brand of pancake mix from America. I knew that she was something to do oh, with food. Right. Um, she's basically Aunt Bessie, um, but in America. So, but in America, and she's called Jemima. Okay, gonna do take two here. 
<laughs> this was in spite of an earlier flatliner from Star, which planted so hard it made Sister Abigail look like Aunt Bessie. Thanks for laughing, Jay. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you take two. Anyway, Arma uh, Spencer really looked absolutely amazing in this match. It was a great example of true 50-50 booking across a single match. He looked phenomenal throughout whilst believably um, and eventually putting over David Starr. Um, he hit a handstanson clothesline um, and followed it up with a powerbomb into a single knee backbreaker it was fast it was hard hitting anybody who says that wrestling isn't real this match ticked more boxes in under 10 minutes than the first three hours of wrestlemania this year completely agree it was a fast-paced dynamic contrast of styles and we used the whole ring and the surrounding uh the areas and it was with ease as well and these two know exactly what they're doing yeah in that ring. i mean the level of ring awareness was just incredible um from these two it was like um well it was just like almost going back in time and seeing a young kind of Ricky the Dragon steamboat just just kind of fight, but we can't we can't do that. We can't we can't go back in time. We could never go back in time. It's just a pipe dream, Jay. It's just a pipe dream. Anyway, Paul Robinson and Darby <laughs> Allen fought later. Um, did they? <laughs> they did indeed. Um, I love Paul Robinson's kind of mid-noughties word art, Titantron. That was kind of like time traveling back to the 90s itself. Um, but not as much as I loved his double middle finger, small man syndrome crowd interaction on his entrance. Um, this is part of an ongoing storyline that he's had for quite a while now um, where he's gone from this high flyer into this kind of English thug um, and this is really the culmination I of mean, that in, in his entrance he pushed down the Australian guy and everyone was just allowed to him it was his round and then he, here's Paul Robinson who comes up and pushes him down yeah um <laughs> Yeah, well, top yeah, heel work. Really good, <laughs> really good heel work. Great way to interact with the fans. Let's hope he doesn't get sued. Um, Will Ospreay's <laughs> Will Ospreay's Sword of Essex partner and or predecessor, depending on where you are in the pros um, in the um, Progress Wrestling app in regards to catching up with episodes at this stage. Um, he's got an attitude that really is over with the fans. Um, he's hated. Oh yeah, well he's hated. Yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah they they love sticking their middle finger up at that top heel. Yeah, I would say he is one of the top heels in that promotion. Yeah, by far. I mean, if you rate your top heels by how much people want to see and get beaten up, then that guy is doing his job. Um, job, job, definitely. Um, Darby Allen. Job. <laughs> Darby <laughs> Allen. Um, he comes to the ring painted like a product of a Joker, Two Face, Papa Shango, three way that just all over Brian from Tekken. Brian from Tekken. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Gunjack, actually. No, definitely Brian. Yeah. He looks a lot more like Brian, I would say. Oh, fair play, fair play. Well, either way, I must have I must have named him correctly then. Yeah. Um, he's, he's with AEW now, is he not? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely going to be one of the reasons that I'll be tuning into AEW. I mean, if the true Moxie raises his head, if he ends up there, you know... 
definitely be a show stealer. Yeah, I mean, just imagine a three-way with Darby Allen and John Moxley and um, Jimmy Havoc, possibly in one of those deathmatch things. Um, that would be a show stealer. Stealer. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Paul Robinson, he continues Paul to interact with the fans throughout. Um, he sticks his finger up at a particular fan before Darby Allen went to the outside. Um, brawl at the start kind of lasted a good three minutes. Um, this is before the bell even rang. So Paul Robinson stood there. He's having a bit of back and forth with a fan. Um, Darby Allen leaps over the top rope, touches the moon while he's there, and then lands straight straight on top of Paul Robinson. Good hardcore brawling to start off. It kind of breaks up the night a bit because we haven't seen much hardcore work elsewhere, have we? Yeah, no, yeah. He took a um, crutch from someone in the crowd, <laughs> started being the hell out of Paul Robinson with it, had a nice touch to it. Yeah, really, really well. Um, when the bell finally does eventually get there and it does finally ring once they've, because they brawl on the ramp um, or they, I think there's a pile driver attempt on the ramp, is there? Um, this is just going from memory now. Yeah. I haven't even noticed noted this, but no, it's, it's, it's sticking in my memory. Um, when the bell does actually ring we're treated to one of the most perfectly executed high-flying offenses outside of will osprey from um darby allen which is unusual because paul robinson has a history of high-flying offense before he took on his um audio bullies guys um more recently um tells an interesting story of course um because of paul robinson's transition from high flyer to hard hitter over um the last kind of 12 months of his career darby allen he kind of represents the past that paul robinson cannot overcome his partner in the swords of essex will osprey um is considered obviously one of the lo most lauded high flies of all time and darby allen may be even more accomplished than him given time. Um, he certainly could be when it comes to execution in the present day. Um, Dobby Allen also gets color halfway through, kind of adds to the element. Yeah, color halfway through, and he starts rubbing the blood over his face. <laughs> yeah, well, it, I mean, it's a classic, classic kind of, classic kind of um, old school kind of wrestling approach to yeah. the blood, isn't it? Um, I guess so. But then he spits it at Robinson. So the best idea was to wipe it off and lick it off his hand. Yeah. Definitely the best that idea. That was the um, you sick fuck <laughs> chant of the night from the audience. <laughs> yeah. It's like, is it Bree Presley or Priestley, who is in AEW, mm. is kind of changing the game on there, isn't she, with the whole tampon in the mouth thing? Um, <laughs> does the game really need changing in that direction? This is the first I've heard of it. Um, and to be honest, I don't feel richer having heard of it. It's definitely been endorsed by Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> oh, well, if Tommy Dreamer's yeah. into it, then, you know, that's something. He's reminding me, he's starting, as he gets older, he's really starting to remind me of um, some of the some of the backstage stories you hear about Wild Bill from um, WCW. Like, he is really kind of starting to remind me of that kind of guy who would walk through um, a 7-Eleven car park um, and, you know, spot a pair of crunchy undies on the ground and just shove them in his mouth um that's that hey man he's one of the head writers of impact wrestling oh so then he spits it out onto the page and um calls it storyline <laughs> if of course you haven't seen it yet 
and we've already sold this event for you. Now is the time to go and watch this match before I tell you the ending. Um, I'm going to give you five seconds to do this now. Um, just going to give you five seconds. Enjoying that five seconds. I'm just going to just going to hum a random tune. You could just pause this and go watch it. You could. You could just pause it. Yeah. yeah. It's good. I mean, it's probably going to take longer than five seconds, if I'm honest. Just do it, dude. Yeah. Or do that. Yes, well, we're, we're inclusive. 11, 12, 13 minute match. Yeah, it's good. Good match. Um, <laughs> good match. Progress good match. wrestling app is okay. just five ninety nine. Um, <laughs> eventually, the only way Paul Robinson can make it tonight too is by, of course, cheating. Um, fantastic story. Fantastic match. Possibly match of the night is what I wrote before I saw the final match um at least for spot wrestling though definitely definitely damn good yeah i mean paul robinson has one of the best heel personas i think in the wrestling business today uh he has an aggressive a very aggressive wrestling star match darby allens uh they wrestled the hardcore star without weapons after the bell rang definitely one of the best matches of the night Mm, totally agree. I can't agree with you. Totally agree. Uh, this is the one that I will. This is the one that I mean, because I'm going to watch the final match again at some point, and I'm probably going to show my mates. But I'm going to hope to accidentally clip this match at the start, and then just say, "Oh, I don't want to wind forward because this match is actually really good." Just to introduce them to these two wrestlers, these the, you know these hypothetical people who will be who will be watching wrestling with me in the future um, when I find some. Friends, um, Chris, <laughs> Chris Ridgeway. Hey man, I'm your friend. It's okay. Yeah, no, it's, 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 Bear, Bear is Bear. my Bear is my friend. Um, I'm proud to say it. No way, I'm Bear. I'm Beard. Your Beard. I, this wine is really good. I've got Toro Loco going on from Aldi. We're almost up to the nice, main event, nice, um, nice. so I think we're I think we've got that Friday night feeling here on the JFA Podcast Network with Beard and Bear. Damn straight. Podcast. Final match. Um, Five ninety nine. <laughs> it's starting to sound like a pre-show now, isn't it? They, we are an unofficial podcast, by the way. We just really are marking out for this thing. Um, Chris Ridgway versus Kyle O'Reilly in the final of the well, sorry, the final first round match, not the final of the tournament. The final first round match um, is what closes out night. One, um, I wasn't looking forward to this. I'm going to just put it out there. Um, and you know why I wasn't looking forward to this, Jay, don't you? Um, you know very well why. It's because I... Domino's Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was because Domino's Pizza. Yes, that's exactly, exactly what... No, no, it was Kyle O'Reilly. I'm not a massive fan of Kyle O'Reilly, or I wasn't a massive fan of Kyle O'Reilly. Well, you should have been before. You should have checked out his ROH to... Uh, there is egg on my face um, as a result of this match. Let me just at least three yeah. eggs on your face. At least three eggs on my face. Um, Chris Ridgeway, <laughs> he is from Barrow. Speaking of um, Domino's Pizza, I once travelled to Barrow 
Um, this is this. I have one thing to say about Barrow that I know. Um, when you Barrow. when you go to Barrow, because you want a cheap alternative to hotels in the Lake District. Um, for those of you listening from overseas, um, I know that we have listeners as far out as Singapore, Hong Kong, um, and other various places in the world. Um, I think we also had a listener in Colorado at one point. Hello. Um, in Colorado oh, and Sweden and Sweden yes yes so we are a yeah. multinational kind of place we'd like to be inclusive to everyone so if you're not quite sure where Barrow is it's actually on the peninsula under the Lake District in the UK um, if you imagine the little woman holding a shield it's on the very bottom of the shield um, you know the one that's sometimes superimposed over the UK um, it's just there's the Lake District you drive through the Lake District and then there's this tiny piece of crap on the bottom called Barrow um, <laughs> so when you go to Barrow because you want a cheap alternative to hotels in the Lake District, but you want to visit the Lake District, um, just don't want to pay the hotel prices, as I once did, and you drive past the Domino's Pizza in the car park to the travel lodge where you are staying and you greet them at the reception of the travel lodge remembering this is a chain that has branches not only in the uk but also throughout the whole of europe at this stage rather than saying welcome to travel lodge welcome to travel lodge will you be checking in now they greet us by saying what are you doing in barrow lads <laughs> yeah well well i mean I, i'm thinking of cancelling my hotel room was the first answer <laughs> but no never mind barrow is is let me put it this way um much like brett hart once said um about somewhere else that i cannot remember if you were going to give the uk an enema barrow is where you would stick the hose um chris ridgeway is introduced as being from Barrow and also as having a black belt in being hard as fuck. This and you do is trashed Barrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. <laughs> looks like just gonna tag Chris Ridgeway into this. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> looks like um, looks like I am making a few enemies in the wrestling world at the moment. Um. Still, his, his intro made me happy. Yeah, no, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. You could almost yeah, say they had a big, big match, match feel to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the anticipation in the room and the back and forth chance was intense. Yeah, I mean, there was this kind of back and forth going off. It very much reminded me. Um, shall I tell you what? When you've got a pair of headphones on, if you play this kind of, this kind of, you know, Let's go Ridgeway, let's go Riley, or whatever it was that they were chanting. If you if if you're playing those chants side by side with the let's go Cena, let's go let's go Hunter kind of chants from um, when those two were doing their thing um, round about WrestleMania 23 time, um, then you would struggle to find out which one is more distorted and loud um, because those guys are blowing the roof off that place in that back and forth kind of kind of context, aren't they? They certainly are. Mm. It was. It was. Um, I don't know. The, the whole thing had a euphoric feel to it for me. It was a very, yeah, very you, fun day. You pretty much. You pretty much. Um, you pretty much. You pretty much arrived. 
numerous times during this match, I'm sure. Uh, would that be it? <laughs> <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly, he comes into the Undisputed <laughs> Era entrance music. Um, I never get tired of seeing WWE guys in non-WWE arenas. I just kind of love the feel to it. It's very, very strange. Kind of sends shivers down my spine a bit. Um, might be the first time I've popped for Kyle O'Reilly, um, especially um, when he had a word with Jim Stallman, who is the resident MC of the show, as we mentioned at the top of the hour um, and asked to be called the ambassador of Kickassida um, as a response to the hard as fuck. Um, I, I, I just really like that. I just, just really fucking like that. Um, yeah. Just sets up the whole match, doesn't it? Really does. Um, it was kind of a jujitsu slash kickboxing shoot match at the start um really showed the talented foundations of both wrestlers um remind me of those unworked starts you'd see from benoit regal back in the early noughties or say a malenko guerrero match where two wrestlers know each other so well rather than rather than going through a sequence or a series of sequences in order to start that they've rehearsed or anything like that they just kind of get on the mat and just they kind went, of they went for a good a good 10 minutes of just yeah. shoot yeah catches cam absolutely absolutely on the mat until they went into a headlock wrestled yeah i mean almost almost the entire match um in in spots appear to be called on audible um there's a few set pieces thrown in um after headlocks um it's unusual to see this type of match structure in 2019 when everything's so overproduced from every angle um but it's certainly kind of the wrestling fans wrestling or the kind of wrestlers wrestling um as it were smarks and marks simultaneously kind of get the satisfaction from this um Highlights, obviously, included O'Reilly showing off this fantastic fundamental in catch wrestling. Um, A beautiful series of butterfly slams into cartwheels. Um, He kind of did about four or five rotations on that, didn't he? Oh, yeah, no, that was really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, one of the first things you taught... Well, yeah, one of the first things you taught in shoot wrestling um, is how deep to do your butterfly when you're holding somebody. Um, And as the commentary team rightly point out... Kyle O'Reilly is making a point to show that there is more of the fundamentals in him than just the typical WWE style. It really was an impressive display between the two. Um, Of course, Chris Ridgway's story is that he's trying to flummox O'Reilly's strong fundamentals um, by pulling O'Reilly beyond the disciplines of martial arts and American wrestling into this catch-submission-based British style, um, almost in some places with the um, with the kind of looseness and the kind of the kind of grabbing of the holds um, transitioning into an almost UFC kind of hold style at times um, certain points he transitions from heavy he- um, heavy hitting traditional wrestling slams into smooth as butter submissions he keeps a consistent coverage and counter wrestling into holds throughout his kind of kind of rallies there um, what was your I mean because this went on for about as you mentioned 10 15 minutes I, I imagine this was the point where you were just you were just seeing like this is the kind of wrestling. Oh, completely hooked. It's com- completely. Yeah, this is the kind of wrestling. This, this is the kind of wrestling where you throw your pack of cigarettes away halfway through and go out and buy some cigars after watching, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just. I mean, 
to be honest with you, for me, for this match, because I knew they both had similar styles, mm. wasn't expecting anything this great. Yeah. Um, I mean, O'Reilly kind of meeting him on every, Chris Ridgway on every single term. Um, he, he really showed the experience that came from 12, 12 years wrestling in Western Canada. Um, his grasp of the style is so thorough. I kind of cheated and double-checked Wikipedia after this match and was actually shocked that he never stepped foot in Stu Hart's dungeon. I mean, just knowing that and that he's from Canada and he can wrestle like that kind of shows you how prevalent this style and this influence and this discipline is across Canada. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I'll be checking out ECCW, um, the Eastern Canadian Championship Wrestling on the Demand Progress app at some point, just because I'm hoping... 599. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're not. We are an unofficial podcast. Thanks for saying that, Jay. We really do sound Sorry. like a pair of shirts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just really hard for us to do this justice um, by far as far as I'm concerned the match of the night um, it's a masterclass in catches catch can hybrid style wrestling um, yeah I mean any any yeah. further thoughts about this portion until we move on to the finish um, no I think this one's all you to be honest with you fair play um, you, you have um, said this beautifully so carry well, on the match it finally moves out of um, it finally moves out of the catches catch can sequence um, into a series of set pieces. This is after 15 minutes of pure catch wrestling, which had just been entertaining throughout. And it's hard to tell exactly when it moves into worked um, worked sequencing. But my guess, my guess is that it was just before the spot where Ridgeway was sent to the outside and the finish. It still retained cohesion with the match as a whole. Um, it didn't feel that the only reason I realized that they were going into a sequence was because I'd spent 15 minutes waiting for it. Um, and to be honest, I had to go back and watch again just to see if I could find it, but I couldn't find the exact moment. Um, but that segment of worked wrestling um, was less than five minutes of the whole match. And I have a feeling that before they before they went out, they, they spotted Jim or whoever the booker was and was just like, yeah, our finish is going to have this move, this move, and this move. The rest of it, we're just going to go out and have fun. And whoever it was just had confidence that they could. And that's... And they tore the house down. They absolutely tore the house down. Down. This is th the best or the second best match I've seen on Pro Wrestling <laughs> so far. Um, seriously, absolutely. So many good yeah, um, go out of your way to check it out. And that's kind of that's kind of the first night. First night overall conclusions in regards to this. I mean, you, this is your first time seeing Pro Progress Wrestling. You're at the arena. You've you're you're being paid to be there. Um, for reasons that are too too numerous to go into at the moment. Um, <laughs> what were your thoughts coming out of it overall? Um, Take us back thoughts. to the moment, man. Take us back to the moment. My thoughts going out, um, going back to what I said earlier, was I didn't realize that I fell out of love with wrestling until I watched Progress, mm. then fell in love with wrestling all over again. Yeah. Um, yeah, no... I came out of it and I was like, I love this promotion. Yeah. This is now my favorite promotion. Yeah, definitely. This is the best thing in wrestling right now. It, it was just, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just amazed by the whole thing. 
Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, I am looking forward to um, doing night two. Um, should we stick a fork in this? Shall, shall I go into some random outro? <laughs> random outro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Yeah, no, I'm going to have um, some... Raspberry Pepsi Max. You have some Raspberry Pepsi Max. I mean, I haven't actually. Um, I mean, I know I do like to. I like to blend seamlessly nowadays between um, between shoot talking and worked talking. Um, but I haven't actually. Got, <laughs> but I haven't actually got anything prepared. Um, but I will say that this was an awesome night. I cannot wait to do um, night two and night three. Um, both of those, this is still way too loud, but I'll turn it down in the mix. Um, both of those, oh, there we go. There's a volume put. Oh, look at that volume. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. The, the funny thing is, I'm going to be sat in an edit suite later having to mirror my movements now over the pre recorded version of this song. Um, so it's just going to be a nightmare for me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, a massive fan of this. Really enjoyed it. Um, I'm looking forward to doing Progcast Episode 2, Progcast Episode 3, which will, of course, be Day 2 and 3, respectively. Um, beyond that, we will, of course, be doing our pre-show for Money in the Bank. That's WWE's show on Sunday night. We'll be talking about that. That will drop on Sunday, all going well, with the two broadcasts dropping in the middle of next week. And then we will go on into the future and see what it holds. Um, Jay, any closing thoughts for our audience before before we leave before we leave the broadcast episode one? That's a great man once said. Wherever you are, there you are. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>